Jeff, good afternoon. How are you today? Great, guys. How are you doing? Doing terrific. All right, let's start with the, the news of the day in Aggieland, and that is the uh, former TCU head coach Jim Schlossnagel making the move to College Station. I would imagine, Jeff, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it probably took a dollar or two to get Schlossnagel out of Fort Worth. It did, and, and just to back up a bit, A&M is in a position these days to money whip just about any person or, or situation that it wants to. Why is that? It, 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 the SEC has just generates so much revenue for A&M, and plus A&M can now, via the excitement of being in the SEC, the donations, uh, the generosity of the fan base as a whole – they can do whatever they want, even though they're coming out of the pandemic. And just to give you an example, the SEC is moving away. From, I don't know if you know this or not. They're moving away from CBS as they're over the air provider of their uh, tier one broadcast. And they'll be doing that in 2024, if I remember correctly. Uh, the deal is supposed to be extremely, extremely lucrative. Uh, as a result of that, even though the pandemic hit, A&M came, the SEC was able to distribute $23 million to each of its institutions uh, as a hedge against the losses that they had su- you know, suffered over the past year. In contrast, you look at the Big 12, they weren't able to provide that type of help to their member schools, and they said, hey, look, we're, we're doing really, really well here, uh, but... The fact of the matter is, is that the grant of rights is up in 2024, 2025. And so no one's going to them and saying, hey, look, we're going to give you hundreds of millions of dollars into the future that you can borrow from uh, in order to offset the losses that you've had this past year. So you look at TCU, Jim Schlossner was getting paid like $1.1 million a year plus, I, I think some money he was getting from camps. Well, now A&M can come in and reportedly, you know, we're talking in excess of $1.5 million a year in total compensation. They can do that because of the money they're getting from the SEC and in part of the $23 million that they're going to be using against the losses they've suffered in the past year. Not only that, because of the pandemic, uh, it's our understanding that TCU, for example, has put a freeze on – facilities upgrades. Uh, A&M is doing just the opposite. Uh, if you go online to uh, A&M, uh, A&M's website and you look up some of the renderings of the proposed athletic facilities, A&M is basically going to blow everything up they have. And I, I do mean that. They're going to have new indoor football facility, new practice field, new West Campus facilities, which will incorporate baseball so not only is Jim Schlossnager going, he's not, he's not only going to get paid personally, but he's going to get a lot more on facilities in, which will help him compete in recruiting going forward. And speaking of recruiting, uh, you know, the dead period comes to an end. A&M starts their camp today in football. Who are some of the big names that have been coming to campus? Well, your, your biggest names are a couple of, and I might say a couple of former Georgia commits at this point, Barry Alexander and uh, Dayon Bowie. Uh, both of them are really, really high-caliber prospects. Alexander is a five-star kid, committed to Georgia early on, uh, wasn't supposed to be backing off of that. Uh, 
as it turns out, he's going around and he's making visits, and things went very, very well with him. Uh, you know, you take a look at uh, some of the guys they've got coming in. Hunter Erb, who is one of their uh, commits on the offensive line, four-star offensive tackle. Clear Springs wide receiver Noah Thomas will be uh, in this weekend. Uh, you've got guys like Iowa safety, uh, safety out of Iowa. You've got uh, Lambert wide receiver Kojo Antwi out of uh, he's a, he's a top 100 guy. Travante Citizen, who's a Louisiana running back. Uh, you know, it's just kind of uh, it really is just kind of amazing to see the quality and the quantity of kids that that A&M's bring in. Not only that. Uh, the guys that are on campus today, for example, A&M has a big contingent out of the state of Washington, Jadar Limar from Seattle, who's a four-star running back. Uh, you've got, uh, and I'm going to make sure I get this uh, name right, Micah Manuels from uh, Kennedy Catholic. Uh, you've got just really, you're getting not just four- and five-star guys to trip the to A&M, Harold Perkins, I forgot about him, five-star linebacker was in last weekend. Things apparently now look very, very good for A&M with him. So you're getting in the type of kids that, you, that you're going to compete for and win national championships with. And the thing is, now A&M's recruiting nationally, and they're in position to take people where it's really going to hurt, not just in the SEC West, but you're taking you know, potentially a Bear Alexander in Georgia, and now you're going in the Northwest and taking kids from Washington, which is a high-end program for that part of the world. And, you know, as a result, you're, you're getting to that status where you just may not be on top, but you're going to be a lot closer to getting there. And you're, you're going to be able to get – everything you generate is going, to, is going to cause that much more buzz when you get those kids in – and then they do the same thing over and over and over, and they create all kinds of mini pipelines. It's not just Texas kids anymore; it's guys all over the state. So, from A and N's perspective, uh, this weekend, this weekend, and the upcoming weekend probably couldn't be going any better. I'm going to take you back to baseball for just a second. You mentioned buzz. Uh, is, is what was the reception like, and is there a buzz about Coach Schlossnagel coming to town and taking over the baseball program when it was uh, when it was announced? Oh, yeah, this is something that's probably been in the works for a while. I, I, I posted this uh, earlier today. This is the type of thing that takes a while to come to fruition. And Rob Childress, he had a, he had a year left on his deal, and, and that was it. Uh, it was obvious that if he wasn't going to get it done this year, he was not going to get extended. Uh, A&M has ties within the athletic department to Schlossnagel. And that helped pave the way, in addition to athletic director Ross Bork and A&M being able to put up the money to put a package together uh, so that Schlossnagel would be enticed. And not only that, you take it from TCU's perspective, Schlossnagel's deal was up in 2022. Everybody knows that. Uh, This was probably, in his view, his last chance for him to get a, a decent extension and, you know, that level of money with TCU. And, again, we're talking about the haves, 
maybe not the have-nots, but with A&M, you're certain we're talking about the haves. So you're, he, he could go to TCU, and it, I don't know, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but it doesn't sound like that TCU was able to do whatever, you know, Schlossnagel wanted him to do. And that may have been decided a while back. We really don't know. But at the end of the day, uh, A&M's resources and, and the ties that it had to Schlossnagel before everything, before the season was over, really played a factor in him coming to College Station. And A&M wanted him. They not only knew him internally, uh, people in A&M's athletic department, those relationships, but also uh, you're talking about the fact that the people who are the donors know his name. Uh, they know how he's made multiple World Series. He's had, he's made, he's got more World Series trips, I think, under his belt than A and M does uh, as a school, which is kind of shocking. And so when you add that to mix, and also he beat A and M in the in the best two out of three in back to back Super Regionals a few years ago. One of them came in at College Station. And I had someone tell me that, hey. A&M should have won nine out of ten of those. But TCU's coaching back in depth made a real difference uh, in winning those games. And and Schlossnagel is considered to be a Mac Brown type. He's going to surround himself with good assistants, former pitching coach, really emphasizes pitching. He'll take advantage of the the park he has in order to play on offense. And so he's just everything that A&M could want it and fan base is very, very excited at this point. We've got a big uptick. Compared to normal, this is a huge uptick in interest from on the part of A&M baseball compared to what we normally get simply because Schloss Nagel's coming. 441, we're visiting with Jeff Tarpley from Gigum 247 Sports. You mentioned earlier the uh, television deal with CBS. Uh, w- so where is the conference going for their primary? Uh, it will be, it will be uh, Disney and it will be a I'm trying to do this off of memory. It's going to be a very interesting deal. Uh, you're going to have uh, multiple layers involved in this. You're going to have the SEC network involved, of course. I think you're also going to have ESPN+. Plus. I think they're going to have to play something like one game a year uh, in in those terms uh, to kind of help. You know, that's kind of the part of, of Disney getting this deal. You're pro- One of the things that CBS did though was they wanted to be they wanted their game to be the 230 and the only game on the airways and while that was very enticing to the SEC it also put some restrictions on other SEC games that could be broadcast uh, opposite it and usually those games wound up on the on, on the SEC network and it was always 230 also never had any night games unless they were on second tier channels such as ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, and then the SEC Network. So now I think you're going to see more night telecast, primetime telecast. Uh, so far, the SEC just broadcast one uh, SEC game a year. Uh, this year, in all likelihood, it's, it's going to be A&M Alabama. It's slated for the weekend of October 9th. If A&M Alabama somehow fall through the cracks or whatever and and, and their seasons kind of go into disrepair and the fallback that day is going to be uh, Auburn and Georgia, if I remember correctly. But I don't think that that's, that's what's going to happen. Uh, I think you're looking at, at A&M Alabama being the prime time game. However, nonetheless, going forward, I think you're going to see a lot more opportunities 
for uh, more night primetime games. And also, you're going to get to see probably more day games as well, which when you're staying up till 3 o'clock in the morning covering a football game, helps to have more day games. The fan base loves, loves night games. We kind of tend to like the day, day games a little bit more. Jeff, uh, one popular topic of discussion as of late has been the college football playoff and the possible expansion. You know, it, uh, 12 is seeming to be the number right now that's getting a lot of attention. What are your thoughts on the CFP expansion, and what number would you like to see it set at? I think we've just gotten to the point where you're going to have to put in as many teams as possible. I, I just think even if you go to 12, you're eventually going to go to 16. Uh even the NFL has, they, they put, you know, they went from 12 to 14 in the playoffs. They cut it down to one by instead of, six, uh, excuse me, uh, four games opening weekends. You had six games opening weekend. And I was sitting there that Saturday night uh, watching Washington, which had a losing record, but they won their division. They're playing Tampa Bay. And, you know, I'm sitting there going, hey, there's not really a lot of. You know, there's not really this lot that's enticing about this game, but it's still playoff football, and I'm still watching. And a lot of people did the same thing. And so I think that you just give them more – as, as all the leagues have discovered, you give your people more product, they will watch. There's a reason uh, CBS now and the NCAA have now gone from 64 to uh, more teams in the tournament with play-in games because people will watch and they can sell the ad space. And one of the things that you've got to take into consideration, too, is the fact that ESPN has, has really generated the rise in the number of bowls. And bowl games were originally created as, as, as postseason entertainment, a reward for the players more so than anything else. Now what ESPN uses them to do is to fill blocks of programming uh, between, let's say, the conference title games and then the, uh, the CFP. Well, a lot of those games, people just aren't watching those games as much anymore because they don't lead to anything. The more teams you have, the more importance you're going to have placed on those games. Players aren't going to be sitting out. Fans are going to be into it. Uh, and so as a result, I think eventually you're just going to get to the point where even if you want just 12, you're going to put 16 teams in there. I understand the rationale may be giving four teams by that kind of thing, but if you've got all these bowls already waiting – to be that can be used as part of the playoff system, you might as well take advantage of. It. Instead of playing six opening, um, six games in your opening weekend, just go ahead and play two more. It's not going to hurt. Hey Jeff, man, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Uh, tell us what's going on 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 uh, Gigum Two Four Seven Sports. I know obviously the the Schlossnagel story, but what else? Well, I've got like I said, got VIP. I, I, I let the cat out of the bag a little out a little bit. Gave you some of the notes I put in the VIP section on, section on uh, Schlossnagel and what uh, everyone can expect from him in Aggieland. Uh, we've got a running thread on live updates from A&M's camps that are taking place today. We had, uh, you know, multiple updates last weekend during one of A&M's big visit weekends. They're going to have another one this weekend. We're going to have those. Uh, we're going to have VIP stuff on the team coming up. Uh, here in the next, uh, next few days as well. I'm also falling a little behind. I was under the weather, and we've had so much going on with baseball. Stepped in, did some of that, and I'm going to be moving back and doing profiles 
uh, on just about all of A&M's roster. Already done quite a few of them, especially the what to look for for some of the newcomers, some of the freshmen, uh, guys like uh, Bryce Foster, the big guard from Katie Taylor, and uh, be looking for one from um, a guy like running back Larry, uh, L, excuse me, L.J. Johnson that's coming up. So we'll be having those on a daily basis and those things. Uh, hey, they go through, you know, what A&M thought of them in high school, you know, who recruited them, what, you know, what their career's like been, been like at a and what to expect from them going forward. So, again, got a lot of content. And, hey, we're, kickoff is only, you know, it's less than three months away now. So, you, you know, it's coming at us fast. We're closer to the start of the season than we are at the beginning, and everybody's getting ramped up for that. We're going to be, you know, that the emphasis is going to be on recruiting over the next few weeks, but we're still going to be talking football leading up into the SEC media days, uh, which will be July 20th through 23rd in Birmingham. And then uh, fall camp will kick off around that first week in August. All right. Hey, Jeff, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much, buddy. Have a good day. Thanks, guys. That Appreciate is, you. You bet. That is Jeff Tarpley from uh, Gigum 247.